joining us today in our Book Talk segment. Great to welcome a man who has uh, written so many great books. Uh, number one best-selling author, New York Times. His previous book called The Christmas Box uh, was a huge bestseller. And he's got a new one out called The Mistletoe Promise, The True Meaning of Christmas. We're joined by uh, Richard Paul Evans today. And Richard, good to talk to you. How are you? Good to be with you. Thank you. Yeah, I had a chance to, to read through the book. Now, I don't like to give away too much when I read novels, so I'm going to let you do that. But uh, but it's an interesting premise you came up with here. You know what? Um, yeah, this is a book that definitely has spoilers, so we'll be careful. Um, the, the premise for this book actually came from a Facebook follower. I, and it came at Valentine's Day of all, of all times. So I, I, I had uh, wished my, my Facebook fans a, a happy Valentine's Day and asked if any had any special Valentine's Day memories. And one wrote back and said, my favorite Valentine's Day was 20 years ago when a man I barely even knew came up to me and said, I have no one to be my Valentine. I, I don't have anyone in my life. Would you just pretend to be my Valentine? I'll do nice things for you. And and um, she said, I said, yes. I was surprised. I said, yes. And uh, he started, you know, he, he wrote me sweet notes. He sent me candy and flowers. And she said it was really, I, I think back, and it was one of the sweetest weeks of my life. And I thought, that, that, there's an interesting story there. And so that's, a, that's how uh, the idea came to me. Yeah, it's a, it's a great uh, beginning of a story. And then it kind of unfolds from there, these two people that, uh, that meet at a, at a food court in a mall. They come up with an agreement. I won't give any more than that, but they, they have an agreement together, and then that's where the story unfolds from there. Exactly. The, the story is about Elise Dutton, and she's just dreading another holiday season for good reason. I, three years earlier, her husband had divorced her after having an affair with her best friend. Now she has no best friend, no husband, and she's, she's all alone. She, she's distrustful, and she feels broken. When the stranger approaches her in the mall food court, and she's seen him before, he's kind of a good-looking lawyer guy, she thinks, and um, and he has this proposition that it's a busy social time for him, and he wants to share it with someone. So he um, asks if she's willing, and and after thinking about it, she surprises herself and says yes, and, and so he brings this contract to her, and the contract has four stipulations: one, no deep questions; that the, the relationship is so shallow you can't drown. Second, no physical relationship, just strictly platonic. You know, they can hold hands or kiss to kind of sell the, you know, if they're in public, to kind of sell the uh, facade. Three, no telling anyone the truth about the relationship. Four, the contract is void on Christmas Day. So that, that sets up the story and where, where it goes. And there's, as you know, having read it, there's some uh, pretty major twists in the right. story. Right. Uh, but it's, it, um, you know, I think it makes it for a fun read. Well, when, when you... Write a Christmas story. Now you said it did come from a, come a Valentine's thing, but but obviously uh, you put it into a Christmas theme, and, and it works there as well. Is it difficult to come up with different Christmas stories? You wrote a, another one, of course, the Christmas box. I, I guess I guess it gets harder as, as Christmas go by to come up with an original story. You did it here, but but it's not easy, is it? Well, I've, you know, I've, I've written probably I've written twenty five novels, and, and you can, that's kind of true of all novels. Like where do you come up with the ideas? But they've all been New York Times bestsellers. This one right now um, has kind of surprised me because I haven't written a Christmas story for a few years, mm -hmm. and I just kind of missed it. I love the season. I, I, I love it's a great time to write a love story, which this is, and it's a great time to be uh, uh, introspective about our lives. So when I wrote the book, I honestly didn't think it would do that well. Um, you know, I, I mean, I have a lot of fans, so I thought, yeah, it's, it's you know, it's going to hit a bestseller list, but I don't think it's going to be huge. And it's actually only came out yesterday. It's in its third printing already. It's kind of blowing out what we thought it might do, and the response has been has been crazy. I I had more people tell me this is their favorite of all my books 
than I have in years, and that just surprised me because I never would have guessed that. Yeah, that's, that's great. Congratulations on that. That's, that's pretty good. Second day, third Thank day to, to have a third thing already. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the kind of story. Go ahead. Yeah, it's a bestseller on Amazon and BN.com right now. It's been in the top ten, and it's uh, doing really well. So this is the kind of story, uh, again, uh, I'm sure every novelist wants their books to hopefully be made into movies, but this one really kind of fits just from the way you wrote it. These two characters, uh, I would think you're probably going to have some offers to make a movie on this. If not, you should be. <laughs> yeah, we, we already do. Yeah, this okay. is kind of this is one of those no-brainers um, because it does fit so well. It's a female protagonist. It's someone everyone can relate to. And uh, there's there's some deep underlying messages and some important messages. I mean, the the first line of the book is, if you could erase one day from your life, would you know the day? And in talking about the book, it's interesting that some people just, their eyes kind of light up or go dark, and they say, yes, I know the day. And some people think, no, I can't think of any particular day. And I think I think that is a kind of indicative of what kind of life we've had. You know, some people have had things that are so traumatic and so big that it affects the rest of their lives. And at least that is one of these people. She's had something, she, she has a mistake. She's made a mistake that is so profound it has... As um, she says, I wake every day in the court of conscience, and I, I am the jury and the judge, and I find myself guilty every single day of my life. And um, the book's about forgiveness. It's about forgiving ourselves, because we just, we're unjust. We keep trying ourselves over and over for the same crime. Yeah, what she did was um, unfortunate, but she would do anything to take it back. And, you know, she's paid enough. It's time for her to move on with her life and to have joy again. Well, when you write or get an idea like this, how do you approach? Do you write a, a, an outline? Uh, do, you, do you write dialogue in your head, or how do you go about it? You know, I, I have probably the, the weirdest writing um, process. Um, it just kind of just go with it. Mm -hmm. um, I just I started with this with this conversation in the food court. And then everything just kind of starts to spill out from that. And so part of me, I look at the book and say, okay, in real life, what would happen? And um, then I get, as I get to know the characters better, it starts to um, evolve. I've never written the book I thought I was writing. By the end of the book, it always goes somewhere else. It's like these books have a life of their own. Um, but, you know, I've sold 17 million copies of my books worldwide. It's like there's there's something about just following the magic. You're doing something right. <laughs> Something's working, yeah. Well, that's just interesting. You bring that up, and I, I like to ask novelists, uh, you know, when you write, start writing a book, does it, do the characters go in a different direction than you thought? And, and it does in your case, right, most of the time. It, they, they definitely have done that. Yeah. They definitely have gone in direction, which is, which is why you never name a character after someone you know. <laughs> I, I named it after a really sweet neighbor, and the character turned out to be a jerk. <laughs> it's like, uh, that's unfortunate. <laughs> well, it's a great story. It's called The Mistletoe Promise, The True Meaning of Christmas. We've been talking with uh, Richard Paul Evans today, already doing well, but uh, give out a website. Richard, people get a hold of you if they like. Uh, I know it's available at all the bookstores. But, uh... Yeah, the best the best place to go, actually, I mean, you can go to uh, richardpaulevans.com, but go to my Facebook page. I have a very active Facebook community, my author page. Um, there's like 70,000 some odd people there. And um, that's a good place to go. Of course, you can buy the book um, online. It's a bestseller at Amazon and Barnes and Noble. But you should be able to buy it anywhere. It's uh, you know, it's 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 selling enough copies right now that it's very likely a New York Times bestseller. And it's the number one holiday book in America right now. All right, Richard, pleasure to talk to you. Have a uh, great uh, Christmas season, and uh, we look forward to talking to you again when the next book comes out. Thanks for joining us. Well, thank you, thank you so much.
I'm Stan Brock. 30 years ago, I formed Remote Area Medical to help people overseas. But then we found generations of families in America, isolated by poverty from the health care they need. Together, we can take dental, vision, and medical help to a million adults and their kids, right here at home in the United States of America.